A strange thing happened on the road to the emerging Democratic majority. Even as Joe Biden won a roughly four and a half percentage point national lead in total ballots cast, the rising American electorate demographics that were supposed to deliver blue Texas actually kept the Lone Star State and Florida in the Republican column, while swinging to the right even in deep blue areas as the country tilted to the left relative to 2016. The swings were most notable in two areas, the Mexican border region of Texas, known as the Rio Grande Valley, or RGV, and South Florida. In both places, Hispanic constituencies Democrats assumed would be permanently in their camp swung hard to the right, helping keep those states in the Republican column. Joining me to discuss this unexpected development is Alfredo Ortiz, President and CEO of the Job Creators Network. Alfredo, before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about your background and the work of Job Creators Network? Yeah, absolutely, Michael, and thank you for having me. Um, Job Creators Network, which uh, I'm the president of, uh, was actually founded by one of our greatest American dream stories, Bernie Marcus, who founded the Home Depot. Um, and he remembered what it was like to be a small business owner. Home Depot, before it was the behemoth that it is today, was actually a small business. It started with just two stores in Atlanta. And he remembers what it's like all too well to be that small business owner constantly struggling, um, you know, working to try to make ends meet and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, especially under the Obama administration, realized that it was getting to the point where it was almost impossible to be successful in small business uh, because government was really, really doing so much to get in the way of the success. And so he started the Job Creators Network. Uh, I've been leading this organization proudly for the past seven years or so. Um, I actually come from a humble background, uh, you know, myself. I, I was, uh, I'm the son of uh, immigrant parents. My mom was a housekeeper. My dad was a tailor. Um, on trash day, I remember I used to go around and picking trash uh, and, you know, aluminum cans and mm -hmm. Papers out of trash cans with my mother, and we would go to the YMCA and cash that in, and that was our grocery money. So to go from that to uh, being part of this effort, you know, working alongside Bernie Marcus, uh, being named a commissioner uh, at the White House Prosperity Initiative, standing there next to the president uh, at the White House, really representing our entire community of Hispanics. Really, I couldn't be more proud to be an American of Mexican descent and to really be a part of this fantastic organization called Job Creators Network. So now we move on to the election uh, and and the election outcomes. So just to give an idea of some of the of some of the swings that were observed, and these these numbers are all from the New York Times, which compiled them. In Miami-Dade County, Florida, uh, Biden polled six percent fewer raw votes than Hillary Clinton did in 2016, while President Trump polled 61 percent more votes than he had done in 2016. Um, and while there was again much commentary that this was just just the Cubans, uh, who for a, a very understandable reason have historically been the uh, most Republican-leaning of the of the Hispanic uh, communities, uh, the improvement went well beyond just the the famous Cuban precincts in Miami City and Hialeah. And then again in Texas, you had white suburbs that swung uh, that swung to the left that that swung towards Biden, but even where Trump didn't win, didn't win them, uh, Mexican-American precincts swung hard towards, towards the president's camp. Uh, and in the Rio Grande Valley, this was formerly a monolithically democratic area. Um, and at the down ballot level, it, it still kind of is, although even that cracked a little bit. Um, Alfredo, this was not the emerging democratic majority of, of rising demographics that we were promised. What happened? Yeah, well, I think what Democrats uh, realized in this election is that 
not all Hispanics, uh, and, and they use that term Latinos, uh, worry about border security. And, uh, you know, it's not all about or, 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 or don't you mean you mean that, that they just want that, that it is not the case that that most that all Hispanics want a functionally open border? Yeah. yeah well, I guess in, in other words, put it is they're, they're not one issue. Right. 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 Um, they actually, believe it or not, worry about things like maybe jobs in the economy. I think James <laughs> Carville probably quoted it best. It's the economy, uh, yeah. stupid. Right. Right, right, and 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 in in a place and in a place like there in a place like the Rio Grande Valley, where a lot of people either work in or know somebody who works in the energy industry, you know, hearing uh, now President-elect Biden say in one of the debates that he wants to end the oil industry, uh, that'll set off your alarm bells. Oh yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, in the end, under the Trump administration, I mean, th- th- there's no doubt economic the economic plan uh, of President Trump, which basically was lower regulation lower taxes. Minorities saw unprecedented wage increases and historic employment levels. And specifically, when you look at Hispanics, I mean, 3.9% unemployment. Um, you know, when you, when you, when you look at um, uh, uh, small business ownership, for example, I mean, uh, Hispanics entre- are, are, are some of the most dis- disproportionately entrepreneurial uh, uh, folks out there. Um, they, they, in fact, are nearly twice as likely to start their own business as other ethnicities. And so when you have a president that, first of all, understands business and provides an environment that is helping to improve the livelihoods, you know, through of, of all these entrepreneurial uh, Hispanics out there. And by the way, Latinas, for example, the most entrepreneurial uh, demographic group out there. And I mean, I mean, and this is and this is a and this is a classic a classic immigrant community story that, you know, going back all the way to, you know, the first waves of big immigration, the Irish and the and the Germans, you know, I mean, their their legacies are still with us in Anheuser-Busch and in many hundreds of Irish pubs. (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And and look, and, and this isn't just you know, me kind of uh, feeling as though this is the case. I mean, there were a couple of major surveys that were conducted uh, amongst Hispanics across the U.S. One was uh, by Unidas U.S., which uh, is out in D.C. It was formerly, I think, like the, the council. Yeah, for the former, the, the renamed National Council of La Raza. Yeah, yeah. So that's a left-leaning organization. And then the Pew survey just this past summer, both of them confirmed what I'm saying here, which is jobs in the economy was the number one issue amongst Hispanics. And so when it comes to that, it wasn't about border security. It wasn't about the dreamers, right? It really was who's going to lay out the best policies to make sure that that the, the, the Hispanic entrepreneurial demographic and, and folks succeed. I mean, I mean, if you if you if you want to put an immigration spin on it, it was who's going to make this country worth coming to. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and I have to tell you, uh, Michael, from that perspective, you know, where, where they were concerned about border security, and this is where actually Ron DeSantis actually got this right in his governor run uh, a couple years ago is that it, it, they are concerned about border security, but not in the sense that the Democrats believe. The, the, the Hispanic communities that are literally in these, you know, very predominantly Hispanic uh, areas, especially around, you know, around the border, you know, Texas and Rio Grande and stuff like that, they are worried about the, 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 the criminal element uh, that comes through um, a weaker border because guess where it lands? It doesn't land in your community. It doesn't land in my community. Right, right. It does. Well, right. I'm actually, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I was going to say it doesn't land in suburban Maryland, but sometimes it does. <laughs> well, that, that's actually a great point. It, it, it does. And it actually comes in through our school systems, which is really, really scary. 
scary. And, you know, I was involved in a, uh, on a documentary that really looked at the MS-13 gangs and the way they're infiltrating our school systems. It's really quite scary, actually. And I think you probably have heard this. But look, I mean, this was happening amongst, you know, the true Hispanic populations. And so they wanted to make sure that the criminal elements were staying out. So so that's where they were actually concerned about border security. Yeah. And, 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 and I know I, and I know a lot of the some of the, the radical left faction, the Ocasio-Cortez, the, um, you know, pushing the pushing the defund the police. Right. I mean, and if you're and, you know, with some of the abolish ICE stuff, I mean, if you're you know, what is a what is a Border Patrol job to an American citizen of Mexican descent living in the Rio Grande Valley? Well, that might be a good middle class job. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Well, and if you look at uh, my, my brother years ago was a Border, border Patrol agent. But if you look at the, the demographics of Border Patrol agents, many of them are Mexican, Mexican descent. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, you you want, I mean, if you're if you're the border patrol, you want to recruit people who speak Spanish fluently, right? Exactly, and so you know, look, their their jobs was to keep these criminal elements out, and you know, so so all this kind of. It, it, it just really voted very poorly for the Democrats. I mean, I have to tell you, I mean, as a conservative myself, I was very pleased to see how they were completely misunderstanding the, the Hispanic community because I was confident that was being laid out from an economic plan and then the focus on school choice and the focus on safe, safe borders that frankly, we were going to pick up points amongst the Hispanic market, I, I, you know, amongst the Hispanic uh, electorate. I, I was confident of that. And we certainly did almost 10 points. Yeah, no, it's it. It, it's very clear. And then, you know, I, I again, an, another thing I, I wonder about with some of the radical left, more of the radical left cultural politics, again, sort of bound up around this term Latinx. You even had Democratic members right. of Congress after the election. I think it was Ruben Gallego, who represents uh, a Democrat who represents a constituency in Arizona, said, like, literally took aim at that term and the activists who use it. And saying that yeah. he, that that was costing them, that was costing his party, that was costing the Democratic Party votes. Well, it's absolutely right. And look, and, and in the end, they also clearly show what they don't know. So you have, for example, Biden and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I'll use her as a great example, promoting fifteen dollar minimum wage and saying we want to help small businesses. That's why we need fifteen dollar minimum wages, right? Um, AOC, if you know anything about small businesses. Government mandated Dub- wages. Dub- doubling, mandated. doubling, la- doubling labor cost is not a way to help a small business. <laughs> right, exactly, and and it just shows just their their complete ignorance and 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 level of tone depth that they have. No, they their 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 ignorance and the and the extent to which they're captives of the of the labor unions. Yeah, that, 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 that's right, and and look, I mean, in the end. Uh, of course, I mean, I, I want every every hardworking American to get as much of a wage as they can. But part of that is by creating greater value for yourself. I keep going back to this idea that we need to have, for example, job skills training, much better job skills training. I know that's something that Trump administration was pushing for. It's not government mandated wages. Right, we got to give people the skills that they need. That the market right. needs. Pe- so people need increase their value. You know, the 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 real minimum wage is always zero, and the only way to sustainably promote high wage employment is for for people to improve their productivity, improve their ability, and 
to be able to sustain those high those uh, those high wages, yeah, either with and, either with either with physical skills or with specialized knowledge. That that's correct, and and I think you know when you when you look again at Hispanics overall. Um, when you looked at wage, you know, wage growth. When you looked at home ownership growth, um, when you looked at the record low unemployment rate, I think it reached down about three point nine percent for Hispanics. I mean, tr- truly, Hispanics have never done as well as they have under a Trump administration, and and and, and they got it right. That that was why the ten- yeah there was no there. The- I mean, right? I mean, it's yeah no there 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 wasn't any there there wasn't any reasonable question of it. Right, right, and so I, again, I, I, it's it's not a surprise. I mean, I actually, you know, wish we could have even, you know, moved it a little bit, you know, further from that perspective. But, you know, frankly, I mean, I think a, an almost ten point uh, margin improvement with a population that the Democrats truly thought they owned. And oh yeah, that they. I mean, they again, they 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 were writing books that said that as long that the demographics capital D were going to ensure that they would win every election from dog catcher to president for the rest of time. Right. And then right. and when you look at some of the other shifts, you know, they, it, it was more than just than just Hispanics. Uh, oh, yeah. Blacks, in, in, Asians. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, in dark blue California, you know, largely Asian, but especially Vietnamese American precincts went hard to the right. And that's part of why there are two Republican congresswomen in seats in suburban Los Angeles that had been lost in the 2018 blue wave, despite the fact that the white suburbanites who had elected their two times before predecessors, many of them stayed Democratic. Right, right, and I think I, I think again, it's when you look at some of the the key um, elements of, of that population. You know, Vietnamese. When you look at Indian populations, for example, that really continue to lean towards more towards the right every day. Um, I think a big part of that is just the understanding of what it takes to be entre- a, a successful entrepreneur and a su- successful small business. Um, this is what I believe they appreciated about the Trump administration is what was put forth from day one. And, you know, I have to tell you, I mean, it's um, I, a lot of our members, you know, we, we've got Asians, we've got Vietnamese, blacks, uh, Hispanics, very, very concerned about what a Biden administration is going to do to their businesses mm-hmm. and do to their livelihoods, because there's just clearly a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding or, quite frankly, a lack of caring of what it takes to run and be a success. Right. I mean, you've, if, and and you go, if they're going to allow the, the labor unions to dictate policy, if they're going to allow the uh, the sort of the, the I, I hate to call them this, the public health officials uh, to dictate, you know, persistent closures or rounds of closures. Right. Uh, you know, without meaningful relief and certainly without something as simple as making jobs legal again. Uh, you know, the... You know, yeah, it's if you're a small business owner, you have every reason to be scared. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's right. And again, it's you know, from from our perspective at Job Creators Network, I mean, we 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 believe that if you look at just policies that promote successful small business, again, it's lower taxes and lower regulations. That should be the primary focus, and that is quite frankly, it's non it, it's nonpartisan that perspective because it covers every. You know, every, every every group, whether you're no, whether you're no, no, no less a liberal than Ted, than no less a liberal than Ted Kennedy in the Carter yeah. administration, you know, proposed to deregulate the airlines. This isn't something, you know, there isn't any right. any iron law that says that 
just because you're a Democrat, you have to, you know, what, what was it? What was the old Reagan quote? You know, if it moves, tax it. If it stops moving, if it keeps moving, regulate it. If it stops moving, subsidize it. Right. <laughs> you know, you're not you're right. you're not obligated to do that. You can occasionally uh, see see the light of wisdom, but uh, yeah. it's not something you well, bet on. <laughs> it, it, you know, and to your point, you know, when you think about healthcare, for example, that's actually been one of the, the real challenges and issues that we believe has existed in healthcare and why we haven't seen the real movement that we were promised under Obamacare is because there hasn't been much to promote innovation and entrepreneurialism through lower regulations of healthcare. It's just been an increase. Level. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was, it was more regulations and, right. and even, and even uncertain regulations. I mean, how many times in the bill is the, is the term the secretary shall used, right. you know, it's, it's not like it was Congress prescribed all these things and then you can say, ah, that's the law now. No, it's the secretary shall X, the secretary shall Y. Right. 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 Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And, and, and unfortunately, in many cases un, under the healthcare piece, that was always looked at in a very, very different way under the previous administration. And so, you know, but I think if we if we look at those states where governors have allowed as much as possible under the extent of the Obamacare law for innovation and entrepreneurialism to exist in their states, you have really seen some some great um, experiments and, and, and laboratories, basically, of healthcare costs improving and excuse me, of healthcare quality improving and healthcare costs going down. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, before we let you go, Alfredo, uh, do you have anything you'd like to like to plug before we go? Well, so I would just say that uh, for anybody who loves small business out there, whether you own one, whether you have a friend or relative uh, who owns one, or whether you work for one, uh, we encourage folks to sign up at jobcreatorsnetwork.com. We're very proud of the work that we did this year. We completely uh, uh, basically put all of our guns in one direction this year, which is to promote uh, you know the Paycheck Protection Program and everything that was going to be out there to help our small businesses survive, and we will continue to be doing that next year as we kick off our Bring Small Businesses Back campaign. So, again, JobCreatorsNetwork.com is where we encourage folks to go to find out more. All right. Well, Alfredo, thank you for joining us. Uh, listeners, we encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. That's our show for this week. We will see you next week in a new year.